Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and with great excitement, I want to welcome you to the first installment of our annual summer series, Countdown to Camp. And in case this is your first time listening to us in the summer, I just want to make sure you know what Countdown to Camp is all about. Starting now and through July, we'll be taking a deep dive into every position, priming you on what to expect from each what to pay attention to in training camp, and of course, the preseason, and a whole lot more. Joined with me today is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, who I'm sure, who just like me, could not be more excited to begin Countdown to Camp. It just means we're one step closer to football. Nick, did I kind of hit the nail on the head there? Absolutely. Every time we do this, we are getting closer to the 2020 NFL season starting. We'll see if training camp happens, but we are getting closer to football hopefully happening. Exactly. And obviously all of this is very contingent on COVID-19. We don't officially have a training camp start date, but what we do right now or we're working toward is we're just looking at previous years and kind of gauging when camp should start if everything works out. And of course, if we need to adjust anything, we'll do it. But as of right now, we're going to kind of go as is and right on schedule. And speaking of schedules, Nick, we have a schedule of Countdown to Camp this year. That way people know when to expect us. So let me go ahead and put that up here on the screen. Obviously for today, we're starting off with special teams. And then June 4th, we'll be talking about the Bears safeties. June 11th, corner. June 18th, linebacker. A week later, June 25th, 
defensive line, and then we'll switch over to the Bears offense starting July 1st with the offensive line, working our way through July 23rd with the grand finale being the Chicago Bears quarterback situation. So Nick, I know I'm excited to talk about special teams today. That's what we're going to begin countdown to camp with. But how about you? Hashtag Bear Special Teams. Last year, we ended with it. This year, we're doing the inverse order of what we did a year ago. Are you excited to kind of kick it off here with the third phase? Yeah, I think this is a phase that maybe surprised some people last year because of all the recognition it was getting with all the eight kickers that were brought in for the 2019 season. Then Eddie Pinheiro kind of establishes himself, but it's good to reassess what the situation is going into 2020. But yeah, I'm definitely excited. And what I love about our Countdown to Camp series, Nick, is by the end of it, we discuss everyone. And I mean everyone who is currently on the roster. It's that level of depth that makes me proud of our podcast. And I know a lot of our fans, our listeners love that level of detail. We pride ourselves on that level of detail. And I know our listeners will be much better off once preseason, once training camp finally gets underway. They'll know about the fourth, the fifth guys on each and every position. And of course, for you and I, I love doing this homework because it just kind of gets me amped up for football, but I also just feel like I'm much more prepared for the season by the time it gets here. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, everyone at this point in time wants to know everything about their team. So we try to do that and going over special teams is a huge part of it. So we're going to cover everything, but right. Like you said, Will, it starts on the third phase with special teams. All right, let's go ahead and let's just kick things off. And it just makes sense. If we're going to be kicking off countdown to camp officially, you have to begin with Eddie Pinero. It was this time a year ago, we were all debating who is going to be the Bears kicker between Pinero and Elliot Fry. And of course, we all know it was Pinero who won the job. In his NFL debut season, he was able to connect on 82% of his kicks, including a 53-yard game winner in Week 2 against the Broncos. But don't forget that missed 41-yard game, well, I was going to say potential game winner, should have been a game winner, Week 7 against the Chargers. Pinero throughout last season played through a pinched nerve in his right knee that he suffered early on in the year in the weight room. But as he got healthier and stronger, his game did take an upswing as he finished the year hitting his final 11 attempts throughout the last six games of the season. Now, Nick, I don't know about you, but I like the direction. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Pinero was heading in when the season ended. He had that gut-wrenching miss against L.A. He also missed his next two and only two attempts against the Rams a couple of weeks later. Maybe he just has something about kicking against L.A. teams. But after that, it was the way that he responded to that adversity that gets me excited about Pinero and the potential that he can take a step forward in 2020. So, Nick, for you, what are some of your expectations for Panero this season? What type of year do you envision the kicker having? And I'd ask about, you know, specific improvement areas, but with kickers, it's just so black or white. Either you make your kicks or you don't. So what kind of season are you looking for from Eddie Panero? Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned the point that I really wanted to bring up, Will. It's kind of how he ended the 2019 season that I think Bears fans should be hopeful that Eddie Panero can just build off of that. Because that week eight 
through week 11 stretch, which include the Chargers, Philadelphia game, Detroit and Rams. Eddie Pinero was three of seven on field goals, and he also uh, missed an extra point versus Detroit Lions. But however, the he ended the season six game stretch week 12 through week 17 made all 11 field goals, including all four of the field goals in that Week 17 matchup against the Vikings. The Bears end up winning that one 21-19. He did miss one extra point, but it's how he finished 2019 to where you can maybe see Eddie Pinheiro's taking the step in the right direction to hopefully become the kicker for a long period of time in Chicago. But that's where I get my my hopes for Eddie Pinheiro being good is because of how he ended it. Because, look, it was such a... Uh, a hyper focus, uh, just attention on the kicker position going into 2019 to where you kind of expected whoever was going to win that job to probably struggle with because of all the attention on it. But I think in, you know, Eddie Pinero having an injury dealing with that and then winning the kicker job and then ending 2019 the way he did. That makes me hopeful that he can at least do more of what he did at the end of last season to start off hopefully 2020 and hopefully throughout the entirety of that season. But I think where he definitely needs to improve upon, though, is that range from 40 to 49. He was three three of seven in that range. That's where you would like to see Eddie Pinheiro just kind of improve in that aspect of his game. I know he's posted like some videos on social media of him just kind of working out. But that's exactly what I want to see Eddie Pinheiro doing at this point in time, just doing whatever he can to improve, but that 40 to 49 range is where I want to see him kind of improve upon in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, a little inconsistent. We don't really know how much the injury played a fact into it, but when you're a kicker, any professional athlete, hell, a person, and you have a pinched nerve in your knee, that's really going to affect you. And like you said, and like I mentioned, that upswing at the end of the season is really what gets us excited about the trajectory that he is on. Uh, looking at some of the more inconsistency, he did have a pretty d- decent discrepancy about his kicks on the road versus his kicks at home. Uh, he hit 75% on the road, but uh, that was improved at Soldier Field where he hit on 85% of his kicks. Obviously, you want that to just be consistent no matter where you're kicking. Uh, the fact that he did kick better at Soldier Field compared to the away arenas, to me, is at least a positive sign, just knowing the history of Soldier Field and how difficult it is to kick there. But Nick, when you're looking at this upcoming season, uh, two questions here for you. One, do you envision uh, him having more attempts from 50-plus? Because he did a decent job, in his, but they were very limited attempts. And then in a very similar fashion, do you believe he'll earn more of Matt Nagy's trust? Because there were times last year where it made a lot of sense just to go out there and kick a, not a super long field goal, but you're looking at a high 40, low 50, but Nagy usually opted to keep the offense out there on the field. Do you think that may change a little bit more? I know Nagy's already talked about some regrets and perhaps not utilizing Panero or trusting him so much could be one that he kind of writes a little bit here in 2020. What I think will help Eddie Pinheiro is there is a kicking competition. We'll talk about that in a sec. But I think if he wins his kicking competition against Ramiz Ahmed, that's going to instill a lot of confidence, I think, for Matt Nagy in Eddie Pinheiro. Just knowing, look, you bring in somebody that's supposed to come in and take your job, but you win that job. And on your first question, are they going to attempt more 50 yards? Hopefully not, because maybe the offense is actually getting closer to scoring to where maybe those limp there's look, there's going to be opportunities where Eddie Pinero is probably going to at least maybe see a 50 yarder plus. But you're hoping that the offense can at least do its job and get a little closer to the end zone. So I don't I don't think he's going to have as many. I think the offense 
it can't get much worse, right, Will? I mean, it, it can't get much worse. So you're hoping that they can at least gain some ground on whatever possession it is. But I think the big thing for Matt Nagy having confidence in Pinheiro, he has to win the kicking competition. I think that will go a long way for the 2020 season. Well, even though you want the offense to do more, they punted on a ton of those possessions as well. They got close uh, to that 50 range, not 50-yard field goals, 50-yard line, just making sure I'm clear there. So maybe just a few more or a lot more of those drives, preferably, get just 10, 15 more yards down the field to change that narrative. Here, I'll give you a, a question that probably would give listeners the insight I was looking for. Would you be more comfortable if we had to attempt more 50-yarders this year compared to this time last year when we didn't have you know, a clue who the kicker was going to be? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Well, um, again, going back to how we ended the season, if that's the case where the Bears are just having to settle for these longer field goals, I think you could feel a little bit more comfortable with Eddie Pinheiro as opposed to starting off the season, game one, you know, Green Bay, and then going on throughout the course of the season. Because that Denver kick, I mean, to be completely honest, well, I think I remember saying, like, it's the Bears' luck. He's not going to make this. There's no way. But as the season progressed and he gets towards the end, you feel a little bit more confident in Eddie Pinheiro. So I definitely feel if that's the case where the Bears have to attempt these longer field goals, you can at least feel a little bit more confident right before the kick. And then obviously we'll see what happens afterwards. And then our confidence will maybe change once again. But I definitely think that fans, myself included, I feel a little bit more comfortable in Eddie Pinheiro in 2020 as opposed to 2019. All right, let's go ahead and stay at the position. And you mentioned Ramiz Ahmed. Uh, he is someone that the Bears signed uh, to continue adding bodies as well as competition here at Kicker. And even though I believe Pinero is the favorite, we should at least take a moment to discuss Ahmed, who does have a pretty remarkable story. Uh, he made the college roster at UNLV via a student tryout a few years ago. With that, he earned the rights to be the kickoff specialist at that school. Uh, he won the field goal duties in 2018, and during his senior year a year ago, he only hit on 75% of his kicks and did miss four extra points. Now, Nick, personally, I think this is just tinder to keep Panero's flame burning and to ensure that Panero stays motivated, that he stays hungry, and doesn't get ultra-complacent this offseason as well as we reach the early parts of next year. But you kept saying the word if, if Panero wins the job, if he's the Bears kicker. What are your thoughts on Ahmed heading into camp? Do you think this is a true kicking battle? I do not think so. Just being up front, I think this is more just to make sure Panero knows that they're not going to let him rest or let him feel like he's ultra comfortable here. Um, but you kept saying if, so I'm really curious to your thoughts on it. Yeah, so I I guess with me and just saying placing the if before every statement, it's just it's the Bears kicking situation ever since Robbie Gold left. So there's always going to be, I guess, a little bit of hesitation for me. But when I look at Ramiz Ahmed, yes, Ryan Pace, man, they've said this is competition, but this is a guy that's he's had one good se- one season really of kicking, fifteen and twenty on field goals attempted, seventy five percent. And then he didn't even play in the 2019 season. At, it was 2018 in Nevada where he got those stats. 2019 sits out. He's not even a part of that program. But finished 15 of 16 on field goals under 40 yards. And he had a field goal in the bowl game that they played in Nevada. So I don't see this. It shouldn't be. Look, if Eddie Pinero is legit going to win this competition, you can't let Ramiz Ahmed come in and possibly take your job. Because, again, that just creates a whole nother dynamic for, I think, fans being like, okay, now we got to feel a little bit of hesitant about Ramiz Ahmed being uh, whatever he's going to play out in the 2020 season. So 
I think that, yes, they say a lot of this stuff. It's competition. They're bringing in guys. But I think at the kicking comp- at the kicking position, you just want to have guys there in camp just so they can compete against each other. It was pretty um, – the atmosphere was definitely there whenever the kickers – at training camp last year, attempted a kick. Everyone's just watching the gust of silence, all that stuff. So I think you just want to create that atmosphere to get these guys uncomfortable because that's exactly what it's going to be like on game days. For sure. And maybe the way to look at this would be, this should not be a competition as long as Pinero doesn't allow it to be one. He should be by and far the lead dog here. And it's just up to him to make sure that Ahmed doesn't creep in uh, in any way, shape or form. All right, up next, we will discuss expectations for punter Patrick O'Donnell. But first, Nick, I think we have quite a few shout-outs to hand out. I know personally I was very taken back by the amount of support from our listeners displayed over this past week, but I went and handed it over to you. Yeah, last week, Will, we announced our new segment that we would like to add to the Chicago Audible podcast moving forward. So we're going to call an Audible here and just change. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it the topic from you know bears special team you really it's podcast as we were talking about uh, the shout outs we got as we were talking about the shout outs on last the last episode will we got donations as the show was going on which is just incredible to see but i think like you said let's just get started with this the first shout i want to give is to donovan from california again thank you so much for the donation we really appreciate you I have Colby Santana from Cumberland, Maine. I know Colby's one of my favorite types of cheeses, so that's how I always remember Colby's name. But Colby, <laughs> thank you so much for showing your support. And then I have Lee Davis from Wales in the UK. It's awesome to always see our international listeners. I, obviously, we know we have a lot of listeners all over the world, but Lee, thank you so much for your donation. We really appreciate it. I have Mason West. Uh, I know he's in Illinois. I don't remember the exact location. We talk a lot here on Twitter. I know he was someone that you interviewed for the Jalen Johnson injury article as well. He's a big fan of the show, and I know he wants to get involved a little bit more with us, but still uh, showing a donation, showing some support, super appreciated. So thank you so much, Mason. And then I have Sean Kofer from Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's crazy to see also, Will. We have people from in Wales, and then we have people in Kenosha. I have cousins that live in Kenosha. I'm like maybe 25, 30 minutes away. But Sean, thank you so much for giving us a donation. I have Jack Salo from Lenark, Illinois. So I had Colby and now I have Jack, which is another great (laughs) cheese, which I guess I should not be referencing all these dairy products on a Chicago Bears podcast. Just thought about it here on the spot. So I'm going to zip my lip and hand it back over to you. Yeah. Next shout out goes to Jesse Colson from Richmond, Virginia. Jesse, Thank you so much for your donation. Thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. I have Michael Grego from Albuquerque, New Mexico, the ABQ. Hopefully he doesn't run into Walter White out there, Jesse Pinkman. But Michael, thanks so much uh, for your support of our show. Uh, Really is appreciated. And next up, we have Bo Etchinson from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Speaking of Bo, I just recently made my girlfriend watch You Don't Know Bo. She was like, this guy's incredible. So I, as soon as I saw your name, that just kind of played out into fruition where 
just watch the documentary. So thank you, Bo. I have David Koo from Bellevue, Washington, WA, right? Yep. You abbreviated you brevi- the list. So I didn't know. I didn't see it. So <laughs> Bellevue, Washington. I should go back to fifth grade to learn my state abbreviations. But David, so mu- thank you so much. And this next shout out goes to Robert Elliott. Robert, thank you so much for your donation. We really appreciate it. I have Jarrett Coy, Detroit, Michigan. It's great to see that even though he's in Detroit, he knows for the correct football team to root for. So thanks so much, Jarrett. Thank you. And Adam Lindahl is our next one from Chicago West Loop. And I haven't been down to the city in so long since the pandemic. I need to definitely get back down there. But Adam, thank you again for the donation. Cliff Victoria, you're always here in the chat. I saw you here earlier as well. Always, always appreciate to see you active, lively, hanging out with uh, other Bears fans, tuning into all of our live shows. I know you appreciate the schedule. Big reason is because you mentioned it here in the channel. And I was like, that's such a great idea why not have a schedule why not set some expectations so cliff your input's always appreciated and of course those your support and then we have adam gunderman from portland oregon i have a fr- like i saw oregon i'm like i have a friend and classmate charlie bevins who uh is at tapal we do a radio show together but also from portland adam though i love the last name too gunderman it's a great last name but thank you again for your donation I got Brian Lithic from Orlando, Florida. Uh, man, I can't believe with all the attractions that Orlando kind of brings to the table that he'd find time to listen and adore your show. So, Brian, uh, for you taking some time to donate, to show your support, thanks so much. And then we have Michael Del Toro. Thank you so much again for your generous donation. We definitely appreciate you and every and all the just support you've given us to the podcast over the years. I have Connor L. Obviously, I don't have a location, so I can't think of something witty here on the spot, but <laughs> it's kind of awesome that you're mysterious and kind of lurking in the shadows. So, Connor, wherever you are, thank you. Then I have Jesse McCullough with Custom Press Promotions from Nashville, Tennessee. Well, we were talking about if we're going to go to a game, it might be in Nashville. So maybe we'll have to meet up with Jesse if that comes to happen. But, Jesse, thank you again for the donation. I have Chris Bradham from Stone Ridge, Virginia. Chris, I want to thank you for your time to put in some support, showing us your appreciation for the show. And I hope this shout out suffices. And obviously we're going one by one here, which I hope everyone to this point does appreciate because you donated and we're trying to give everyone here a little bit of that spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. And next up is Caden Tolliver from Cedar Falls, Iowa. Go Hawks. Hopefully, hopefully. Maybe. Not, not Iowa State, but maybe. But uh, Keaton, thank you so much for your support. Uh, the last one I have uh, for this week is Patrick Haman from San Francisco, California. I would love to go to San Francisco one day, Nick, and you and I take a selfie on the Golden Gate. No, I don't know if you can walk on the sides or not, but having that in the background <laughs> somewhere, maybe. Maybe not on the bridge, but uh, all the way from San Francisco. Patrick, thank you so much. And we're also going back to California, and the shout-outs to Constantino Ramirez from Fairfield, California. My parents went, my whole entire family, except for me, visited California. So, Will, if, whenever you want to take that trip, I'm down to go. And for all the individuals who didn't want to shout-out but donated, you know who you are. Thank you so much for your generosity. Um, we really appreciate it here at the Chicago Audible, Will and I. Thank you so much from us. And if you want to get a shout-out on the next podcast— Here's how you can make that happen, either through Venmo or PayPal. We want you to give us your name and where you're from, and Will and I will give you a shout-out on the next podcast on Venmo. And here's the most important part, you guys. If you want to get a shout-out, just look up the username 
the Chicago Audible. You should see my name, Nicholas Moriano, and the Chicago Audible logo. And then on PayPal, you can make the payment to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And like I said on the previous podcast, this is a, a podcast that's listened to all over the world, tens of thousands of downloads per month. So your name's going to be heard everywhere. So if you want to get a shout out or if you want to give your friend a shout out and tell them, hey, you have to listen to the next episode of the Chicago Audible podcast or something there waiting for you, do that as well. But we hope to get more more shout outs in the in the future. And again, we thank you so much for all the donations that have come just from the first podcast. Right. And Nick, do you want to explain why we're kind of going this route right now with the change of it? Obviously, I mentioned last week, uh, just due to the entire COVID-19 atmosphere, us usually at this time of year, we're kind of securing some sponsorships for the upcoming season. That's getting more difficult as the businesses that we tend to partner with, they're impacted. They don't have the advertising dollars that they've had in the past. So it's kind of trickled down over to us. And like you said, I know a lot of what we do is really out of pocket. Yeah, so that's a big thing. Whenever we're going places, uh, trying to cover events because we're credentialed for the you know for the first time, that's usually coming out of our pocket to get these Airbnbs to pay for just all the other expenses that go into it. Um, but this is just a way to one for you guys to support us, so we can continue to do those things because we want to be able to do that, give you that coverage. Look, we know you Bears fans love coverage, and we love providing that for you. So this donation not only just gives you a shout-out, but it really supports us in all of our endeavors that we want to do in the future. But that's really the whole concept of this entire thing, to give you to give you something for giving us just a, a small donation. And look, we really appreciate it, just you guys supporting us throughout the years. Look, we honestly wouldn't be here without you guys, for without having this following. But that's the whole premise of the shout-outs and why we're doing it. I know you and I were talking about taking this to the next level here in the near future with leaderboards here on the live show uh, to show where people are ranking and finding out some perks for those people who are on those leaderboards. Don't know exactly what those may be yet. If you have any suggestions, feel free to let us know here in the chat. Send us an email. Reach out to us on social media uh, because we're always trying to find ways to continue to grow this thing and explore all options. But for everyone who we listed, and of course, Nick, you even mentioned there were a few that didn't want to shout out. They just wanted to show some support. Thank you so much. But I think we have to hit pause, hit the brakes, because, Nick, we got to talk about the rest of special teams here. This is important. We have a punter to talk about, so it's getting ultra important here. And I told you I have some really interesting tidbits later on here in the show, especially with Patrick Scales. And if you're wondering how can you tie it all together, Will, just wait. But first, we need to take a look at Patrick O'Donnell. He's entering his seventh season with the Bears, which is crazy. Time just goes way too fast. O'Donnell, he's coming off a year where he was third in the NFL in total punts with 80. He also had the second lowest punt average at 44.8 and the fourth lowest net average of 40.7 yards. He was middle of the pack in terms of getting balls inside the 20. Only 26 of his 80 were ended up in there with only two touchbacks. So, Nick, punting is a weird one uh, just to really gauge because when you look at all the stats, it really depends on field position, game situation. You know, if he's having a lower average, he can have a lot of shorter fields. But I think we know with this Bears offense last year, that wasn't really entirely the case. But do you have any specific improvement areas for Patrick O'Donnell at this stage of his career? I just feel like we know what he is and who he is, and I don't think it's really going to change all too much. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And with this offense, I think it does skew the stats in a little bit because I can add on to this. His percentage of punts inside the 20 was 32.5%. That's 31st out of 36 
I guess, qualified punters. I'm like, wait, 36. But you got to also account for where they're punting from and the Bears offense not really moving the ball. It's going to skew those stats in a way that doesn't favor Pat O'Donnell. And the only thing that he does, which is punt. So I think with him, you just want to get more consistent because you said he was inside the 20s. That's 16th in the league with 26 punts inside the 20. You maybe you just want to see if the Bears aren't able to obviously get into the opposing uh, team's end zone, pin him inside the 20, be in that top 10, maybe even move up a couple spots. But there's nothing really that I want to see out of Pat O'Donnell because I don't think he's not the reason why the Bears lost games, but he could definitely help this Bears defense that we all expect to take another step forward with the guys they brought in to just take advantage of that field position. But nothing really specifically with Pat O'Donnell and how he can improve his game. I am not a punting expert and ever I, I used to hold punts, but that's about it. I mean, there's nothing really I got there. Can you explain what a holding a punt is? I would, or sorry, hold kicks. So, kicks, punts. I used to hold the kick because our tee on high school would be awful. So I just mixed up punter and kicker. Crazy. But there isn't anything specific here. Okay, yeah, because he's mentioned O'Donnell. The only thing he does is punt. He also is a placeholder. Uh, that is another important job uh, for that's this Bears team, uh, which that's what you did. You didn't hold punts, which I'm glad because <laughs> if he did, I would have to question everything I knew about you. Uh, the only thing from expectations, it's just going to be, I hope he can get that number down. And that's all on the offense. You know, that 80 last year was the second highest of his career. And the year before, 2018, he's had a career low of 62. So if we can just find a way to limit that, of course, that again, is 100% on the offense, not on him. But when I look at O'Donnell, I said it last year, I said it the year before, I'll say it again this year. He's an average punter. He's not one of the best in the league. He's not one of the worst. He's a plain Jane, and that's really okay for you know, this position, you don't need to have a top tier guy, um, but he, he's serviceable. He's beyond serviceable. And again, it's really hard to set expectations for this position. So I'm not going to try to fluff any, but let's move on to long snapper here. Anything you want to mention about Patrick scales, Nick? I know you said you had some interesting notes on him. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess interesting is the word. I just said, you do you bro. Just, and look, Patrick scales, obviously his purpose is to be the long snapper and just be consistent with it. Um, there hasn't been any. If we're not talking, if we're talking about Patrick Scales, I think that's the issue in the season, right? You don't ever want to be talking about your long snapper, but as long as he's just doing his job, getting down when he's supposed to, just on you know coverage team, that's exactly what you want out of your long snapper. Just be consistent with it, though, and give make Pat O'Donnell's job easy. And as long as you do that, you're doing your job as a long snapper. Now, Scales, he's been here since 2015. He missed that one year, 2017. Uh, when he tore his ACL, he signed another one-year contract with the Bears this past offseason. So he's coming back. And Nick, do you know? Do you want to know why that is, is exciting to me that he's here on a one-year deal again? Why is that? Well, if Patrick Scales comes back, that means the Bears are going to be keeping that consistent trio, right? Kicker, long snapper, and holder. Do you know the last time that's happened here in Chicago? I'm going to guess it was 2009. Cool. Well, that would have been even worse. It's 2012-2013. It was uh, Robbie Gold, uh, Adam Podlish, and Patrick Manley. They had those back-to-back years. That's the last time that we have actually had consistency from snapper to holder to kicker. I think we're starting to find out why we're starting to see all the issues. Obviously, there's been some bad kickers, but just the inconsistency of all these different positions it's been really interesting to kind of look back and to see, because I thought we would have had it with Connor Barth, but he was hurt that one year. So he had three different kickers come in. 
with Santos and everyone like that. So it's been quite a while since we've actually had consistency here at these three core special team spots. So to have it, that returning trio for the first time, I would love to see, and I'm hoping to see this season, that consistency pay off just a little bit. So that's my interesting tidbit. No, there you go. You just, you're pulling them out of your hat there. Well, you, you told me you had some and you're, you're not uh, disappointing. That's for sure. Well, I'm glad I'm pulling them on my hat because when you started saying it, I was like, where are we going with this, Nick? Because I looked this up and I, I, I did some homework. It wasn't out of the other end. So I'm glad to see it's appreciated. All right. You ready to talk some return game? I know we have punt and kick returner up next. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So let's go ahead and begin at punt returner. In 2018, Tariq Cohen was the most productive punt returner. In- How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. NFL. He was an all pro at the position. He had the fifth most yards per return that season. Fast forward one year, 2019. Things felt a little different, at least here on the podcast, at least as it did throughout the season. It really felt like he wasn't being nearly as impactful or productive with these duties. Yet, when you look back at what he was able to accomplish, he was second in the NFL in punt return yards and again, fifth in the NFL in yards per punt per return for the second straight season. And if you add up those two years in a row, no one in the NFL has more punt return yards than Tariq Cohen has over those last two seasons with 713. So, Nick, I guess the question for today is what are we seeing outside of the stats that has us concerned about his ability to handle punts? I know we get kind of frustrated with some of those negative returns, some of those wasted yards when he's not going north and south. But even with those, he's still atop of the league. So what really is it? Yeah, I think, look, there's no doubt that Tariq Cohen has had success at the position. The numbers show and prove it itself. But I think... At some point in every game, we always, when we watch, we always feel like we there's one of those moments where you're just asking yourself, what is he thinking? Like, why is he, you know, trying to field a punt that's maybe he shouldn't be fielding or like he's going lateral, he's going, you know, east and west instead of north south. I think that's the thing that maybe like when we were talking about this, it just kind of was just left in our mind. Like this is Tariq Cohen. This is what he does. And I think we see it also when he's playing running back. So that same kind of similar running style is also there as well. So you're just kind of prone to seeing it, but he's had success at the position. Um, I think that's maybe why we kind of harp on him a little bit for what he does, but he's been successful. There's no doubt about it. There really isn't. So taking his success, couple it with the frustration, are you confident and comfortable with him still handling these duties in 2020? Or is there someone on the roster that you believe could take these duties away from him or maybe carve into some of those opportunities? So I'm definitely confident with Tariq Cohen. I know there's just going to be moments in time throughout the season where you're going to ask that same question, what is he thinking? But uh, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing other guys also try it. I think Darnell Mooney, their Bears fifth-round draft pick, could be a guy just with that speed. Uh, I don't think he's had the most opportunities with punts, with punt returners. But I think he's definitely someone that's capable of it. But I think that if Tariq Cohen, you want to give him the ball 
in just it, throughout the time, throughout the course of a game, that's a way to do it and see what he can do, create some mismatches, get to the edge, use that speed. But I think, like I said, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing other guys at least get reps at that position. All right, moving on to kick returner. It wasn't long ago, okay, two years ago, uh, a year ago we were talking about it, that the Bears were dead last in yards per kick return. That was in 2018. The Bears couldn't even average 20 yards per return. So they brought in a guy by the name of Cordero Patterson to kind of see if he can help the Bears get out of the basement. I think we all knew that the Bears were improved here last season. And obviously, uh, the fact that the offense couldn't do anything with that improved field position is probably why this was overlooked. But just how much did Patterson help the Bears? Well, just due to his presence, the Bears went from 32nd in yards per kickoff return all the way up to number one. That's right. They went from worst to first. They went from an average less than 20 to up to 26.56 yards per kickoff return. And really, that's a lot on Patterson, who himself averaged 29.5 yards per return, and he had the second longest return of the season of 102 yards. Now, Nick, I'll be honest, I did not know the Bears went from worst to first until I started digging in for this podcast, because like I said, during the season, I think we were just so irritated by everything else kind of falling apart with that offense that this was just something that we didn't even think about but when you're looking at what they did in 2018 with you know Benny Cunningham and just how struggling they were in this regard it's awesome to see the impact that Cordero Pedersen has and I know you want him to be more involved in offense but he's a huge special team asset to have in this team and he's worth every penny they're paying just to have you know six yards seven yards difference of starting field position on every time you return a kickoff it should be huge it wasn't huge last year it should be something that offenses can capitalize on so my question for you on Patterson is should we expect a similar year why or why not I don't see any reason why not the only reason that I can think of why not is that teams are just not going to kick to him because he has been consistent throughout his career at just being a great kick returner he was named the first team all pro as a kick returner this past season and then he was named also a first team all pro in 2013 and 2016 a second team all pro in 2015 2018 so he has been consistently doing this it's not just an anomaly they did last year but Cordero Patterson is a threat to take one back to the house like he did last year for the Bears and like he did two years ago against the Bears when he was with the Patriots so the only way I could see this number really going down is if teams just don't give him opportunities anymore they used to do the same thing to Devin Hester and he just wasn't able to make as much of an impact but anytime he did get his hand on the ball same like Cordero Patterson there's an opportunity a chance that he's either going to give you good field position or possibly take one back to the house like I said earlier but Cordell Patterson, I think, is just huge on that special teams unit. You put out all the stats going from worst to first. That's exactly what the Bears needed from that position. I just think they can get more from Cordell Patterson, like like you said, Will, on the offensive side of the ball because he just has dynamic speed, and you get him in space, and just with his size, that's a, that's a playmaker. You just need to give him more opportunities, but he's fantastic as a kick returner, and the Bears shouldn't do anything to really – mess with that formula if you want to put two people back there to maybe see if the 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 opposing team won't kick to him and you get like a darnell mooney back there that's also another opportunity but i love cordell patterson what he's done for the special teams unit because the bears absolutely needed it 
Yep. Uh, real quickly, I saw Johnny in the chat asked if he donates via YouTube if we receive the money. We do. Uh, so that is something that you can do as well. Uh, we can keep tabs on that one, Nick. So that way we make sure everyone gets accredited as well for the shout outs. But like you said, Patterson, don't change a thing. The only thing that could end up affecting this, and so perfect segue into our next topic are the replacing of some core special teamers who are people who are blocking in some of these instances and uh, in the coverage teams as well. And two big players that we need to replace is Nick Wachowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis because both of them appeared on over 60% of special team snaps a year ago. So it's a lot of snaps to kind of find a way to replace. And obviously there are some guys maybe in-house or they brought in via free agency that should assume some of these duties. The two that I have would be Uh, Mingo out of Houston because he played on 74% of their snaps uh, on special teams last season. And if you kind of follow the trend, which by the way, that was second for the Texans, Mingo's snaps per uh, uh, snaps on special teams. I don't know why I can't say snaps and special teams at the same time, Nick, but we're trying here. And then 2018, he did lead Seattle being at a part of 81.3% of the special teams plays. And in 2017, he was third in Indy at 63%. I think that's why the Bears brought him in. I think that's why you see him drafting a Travis Gibson because he's not here to rush the quarterback. Mingo's here to be a special teams kind of guy. Uh, he's going to be someone that can replace Nick Wachowski or a Kevin Pierre-Lewis on special teams. Uh, so for someone who's wondering, you know, is he going to be a part of the rotation? He may be an outside linebacker. Uh, but for right now in this show, I think a lot of his value in 2020 is going to come in the third phase. How about you, Nick? Anyone that's on your radar to kind of take over some of these duties? Yeah, I think or someone to just maybe continue growing on that side of the ball would be Joel E.A. Buniwe. He last season played 72.3% of special team snaps, and he had four special teams tackles. And we don't expect him to be making like big-time contributions on the defense. So you want to see him continuing to just improve on the special teams aspect uh, of this team. And also a guy that you know, is back for another season. Well, we didn't expect him to be Sheriff McManus. He's been on the team since 2012, appeared in 108 games. That's the most by any Bears player in the last decade. But he's always been a consistent special teamer, someone that the Bears can just really rely on at that position and what he does just makes tackles and knows where other people should be just because he's been doing it for so long. So Sheriff McManus is another guy, and I think, Another guy that I didn't expect to be back really was DeAndre Houston Carson. He had the most special team snaps with 82.2. So, again, those guys, they have a role on this team. It's not the biggest role, but it's an important one on special teams, and that's what they kind of are doing at this stage in their careers. Look, Sheriff Gimenez is a veteran, and then Joel Lee Buniwe is is going into, what, his third year now. So these guys obviously have different roles, but they know how to be the best at them, and it's contributing to making this team better. Yep, another name to watch for on the third phase as a core special teams guy will be Dion Bush. I know he's been brought back. He was on 62% of those snaps a year ago. I envision that going up just slightly. And then, Nick, there's an, we already talked about Cordero Patterson, the returner. We didn't even talk about Cordero Patterson, the gunner on punt teams, because that was another sight to be seen a year ago. Yeah, he was incredible at that position. We started paying attention to Cordero Patterson as a gunner just because of how good he was, how fast he got downfield. It's it's something that, look, other guys just, they weren't able to do. And he's just so fast and so big that these these guys blocking him weren't able to stay with him. But yeah, Cordero Patterson as a gunner is also very fun to watch. 
And then two other names on my side here, uh, Josh Woods. He's not someone that's a, he's a smaller name here on this team, but if you're looking at replacing a linebacker like a Nick Wachowski and a Kevin Pierre-Lewis, he may be in line for that. He was on 35% of the snaps a year ago, and if he makes the team, a big part of it will be the ability to probably grow his role uh, here in the third phase. And then another free agent signing, Jordan Lucas, to safety from Kansas City. Uh, last year for KC, he appeared on 63% of those snaps. So obviously he was a big part of their third phase. And that was a Dave Tobe guy. So it feels good enough for Dave Tobe to be out there on you know six-tenths of all. Well, I guess that would be three-fourths. It doesn't matter. <laughs> of all of those snaps, then that will be... Okay, I always forget you have to reduce, reduce the fractions. Uh, I know I mentioned math and Nick kind of clams up and shuts down. So we'll move <laughs> on from that. Uh, anything else on the core group? I know you mentioned McManus. I think Darnell Mooney's an interesting one too. You mentioned him a couple times. If he's going to get in this roster, he needs to have some special teams value. And real quickly on that token, do you see any other wide receivers with special teams value? Because Wims and Ridley, he didn't really see it a year ago. Uh, again, he doesn't play special teams. So it has to be Mooney if he wants to make this roster. It's interesting because a few years ago, the bottom, the Josh Bellamy kind of guys needed to contribute. But looking at the current group, I don't know who it could be. Yeah, so Darnell Mooney is just as a returner. I don't see him much of his gunner. That's just not his that's just not his game and then yeah I mean for receiver aspect that's the only one that I can really see being an actual contributor on that but I think looking at another Bears recent draft but Kendall Vildor could be someone that I could see contributing on special teams and you pair that with a Sherrick McManus just trying to learn the aspects obviously playing the same position but learning the nuances of how to be a good special teamer that's going to be huge for them and add in Duke Shelley as well obviously just a guy two years ago I think Sherrick McManus could be a guy that could just mold the the future guys that can contribute on special teams and hopefully make their way onto the defense. But those are some other guys just to keep an eye on for special teams unit in the future. Yeah. You know, Vildor Gibson, uh, not the safety, the edge rusher, uh, Travis out of uh, UTEP. Yep. Yes. UTEP Tulsa. They all, all those T's get jumbled. Oh, it is Tulsa. Sorry. It is Tulsa. You, You mentioned it. Yep. There we go. I was wrong. But I corrected myself without knowing, and you confirmed. So look at us go here in the pod. Anything else on the, the core special teams guys? Obviously, you know a lot of the younger guys, and I even think a couple of the free agent acquisitions in Mingo and Lucas, they need to show their worth here if they want to make a chance of making this roster. Yeah, absolutely. I think every single tight end that's not Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet will be on special teams because they're most likely not going to see the field very much. Maybe you'll see bits and pieces, but a lot of the tight ends are going to be special team guys as well. Yeah, I mean we have a whole we have a whole we can field almost an entire special, special team unit, unit. Of tight yeah. ends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They can do that. I did see that Demetrius Harris. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but in Cleveland it was about twenty five, give or take percent, so about a quarter of them. So he would be someone that I would say would be in line to do that. Did you get it in line like the in line tight end? It, it flew over my head, but I'm glad you addressed it. So now. I get nothing like explaining (laughs) my puns on the fly uh, to really make sure they get hit. All right. So it's time to enter our final segment of the show, which are going to be some big picture questions, some over under our confidence meter and much more right here, which looking at my notes, apparently I didn't put my confidence. So I have to make one up on the spot. You probably do the same. So it doesn't really matter, but we'll start with some over under. I have, I set the bar for 67 punts for Patrick O'Donnell. Reminder is 80 last year, 62 in 2018. 
So how many times do you think we'll see number 16 out there? I put 67 as the as the mark. Over under what number again, Will? 67. 67. It is going to be under. I think the Bears are going to just make a, a maybe not even a sub. They don't even have to make a substantial uh, step on offense to get that number down. But I think it's going to be under that 67 mark and not nearly as high as 80 like it was last year. I'm going over. I'm going to give it high 60s, low 70s. And it's not because the offense is still. From your big bear hugs to the little notes you leave in your kids' lunches, it's already obvious you're an amazing mom. But there's one thing you can do to be even more amazing. Quit smoking. Because when you quit, not only does your risk of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer decrease, your kid's risk of asthma, bronchitis, and ear infection does too. It's a win-win. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit quitlineiowa.org for a quit plan that's right for you. Quit for you. Quit for them. Brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health. Having a hard time moving the ball, they're going to have some extra possessions from the Bears' defense, getting more turnovers. They're going to score more. All in turn are going to give them the ball more throughout the season. So just having more punts, I think, would just be part of the game. Up next, I have the over-under for kick return touchdowns from Cordero Patterson at one. He had the one last year. Is he going to get it again? Over-under is tough for this one. I guess I should have done 0.5. I guess that would be the most correct one. Yeah, that is a tough one. I, I You know, honestly, just with what how teams I think are going to approach Cordero Patterson, I don't think he's going to get as many opportunities, but it will be over 0.5, so you'll get one. Perfect. I'll say under just to be different here. Uh, it's hard for lighting. I think we have three in his career. And he's been doing it for some time now. So, and one is against us. One is for us. So maybe it's a year off for Patterson. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, just playing a little devil's advocate here. Uh, over under Eddie Pinero hitting on 84% of his field goals. Last year is 82%. I've just slightly moved it up to 84% for the bar. I wonder where 84% would have put him just in the league average, but I could see him going up. I know he had, he had, again, early on, there's a lot of things that he had to think about, but he had that really good stretch at the end there. Um, And look, finished with 81.3%, 19th in the NFL, but I'll give it the over just slightly. Okay. I'm with you. I think it would just be over like an 85% would be great. If he can just, if he can, if he can just make 85%, I'm not even going to say that word. I mean, you strive for perfection. It's really hard to see that from this position, especially in today's NFL. It just seems like it's the kickers are more inconsistent than they've been in years past. So that works for me, uh, 85%. So I'll go over as well. Uh, one more on field goals. Over, under, three field goals of 50-plus. Only the two last year. Over, under, the three field goals of 50-plus. I'm going – you know, we talk – I think you kind of uh, – just with the confidence, you, you t- just you talking about it. Well, I'm going to go over. I think Matt Nagy's going to have a little bit more confidence in him this time around to where Eddie Pinero will get more of those opportunities instead of keeping the offense out there. So I'll go over this time. I'm going over too. Uh, that's what I put here on my notes. I really do believe there will be more opportunities. And I think, like you mentioned, Nagy will be more prone and willing to give Pinero those chances. So I obviously, it's never super ideal, but there are game situations where you want to make those kicks, and those kicks are really your only option. And hopefully this year, if we get into those situations, we have the trust, we have the confidence to go out there and get them, uh, both from a coaching and, of course, Panero needs the confidence to make those kicks too. All right, true or false? Tariq Cohen will lead the league in punt return yards for the third straight season. 
Oh, third straight season. I'm going to say false. I think the uh, – I forget the kid's name out of um, – for the Saints, he's a really good punt returner, just escaping me, but he's going to be the guy that leads uh, the league next year, so false. Okay, I'm going true. He won't lead him in yards per return, but with this Bears defense stopping offenses as much as they do, I think Cohen will have a decent amount of opportunities, and that should help him at least lead the league there in total return yards. Again, not yards per return, just total punt return yards. And the player's name is Deontay Harris from the Saints. Just had to look that up real quick. Thank you. I, I really couldn't live with myself without knowing that name. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Uh, time for our bold prediction for special teams. My bold prediction is that the Bears will have five field goals of 50 plus. I, I guess I also put two total return touchdowns this season, but I just said he wouldn't do it over when I was playing devil's advocate. So this makes it extraordinarily bold. So I did two in one. So it's kind of like when you do a parlay, right? You put more bets on all these games. So your odds go up. So for me, five field goals of 50 plus and two total return touchdowns in the 2020 season out of the bears third phase. What's going to be your bold prediction for this group? Yeah. Just thinking about it right here on the spot, but bold prediction, Pat O'Donnell will have, a touchdown pass this season similar to what was it against the vikings benny cunningham up the middle just nice little dump off to him so that's going to be the bold prediction pat o'donnell will have a touchdown pass at some point in the season all right and nick to wrap things up here what's your overall confidence meter in hashtag bears special teams it's you know again going back to how I was kind of addressing Eddie Pinero with all the if statements if he's able to you know win the job all these things it's still a murky I think just unit in general but I do feel a lot more confident in this unit than I did going into the 2019 season just because I think we have some continuity things established um but I'm not look I'm not overly confident I'm just more confident than I was last year so I think my confidence meter right now, I'll give it a 7.4, somewhere around there. Again, I, I feel more confident than last year, but it's still the Bears special teams. They'll find a way. They always do. There you go. I'm a little bit more confident. I have myself at an 8.6 right here. Kicking, I'm much more confident than I was a year ago. A year ago, I had no confidence because I had no idea what was going on. Punting, again, I know what I'm expecting, so I'm not like overly confident. I'm somewhere in the middle. Punt return, kick return, I feel very good about what we're doing there. Uh, then punt and coverage and kick coverage. The punt and coverage, I hit or miss. If you have Patterson out there as the gunner, we should be in pretty good shape. Kick coverage last year was decent. Still some spots that they need to kind of shore it up and clean it up. But that whole unit, it's the special teams. It changes every year. So just overall, I think a solid you know eight and a half makes a lot of sense here. Uh, they're not one of the top units, but... Honestly, they have a lot of potential to be one of the better special teams units uh, if they can kind of get the most out of the potential from all of these players. And they play as a cohesive unit. And again, if they can replace the core special teams guys, I think that from whoever now on new teams, that would be probably the biggest barrier right now for making sure this unit doesn't take a dip downward. Any final thoughts on special teams before we kind of sign off here, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I think just... I think fans should feel a little bit more confident in the just the kicking position, just with Eddie Pinheiro. I think winning the job. I know we know uh, Pace and Nagy have said it's, there's a kicking battle. We expect Eddie Pinheiro to win this battle, but I think fans should just feel a little bit more confident going into next year, but not so confident to where we have a kicker. We'll see how 2020 actually plays out. 
All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. From two Bears fans to another, we want to thank everyone who tuned into the live recording. And of course, a big thank you to all of our podcast listeners around the world as well. Nick, we already mentioned we were so taken back by all of the support uh, and appreciation that everyone showed us throughout this past week. Uh, one last time, do you want to make sure everyone knows how to support us throughout this next week? That way they can get a shout out on our next Countdown to Camp episode. Yeah, absolutely. So the way to get a shout out uh, just on the next episode, uh, either through Venmo or PayPal, you can look up uh, the username on Venmo, the Chicago Audible. Like I said, you should see my name, the logo. And then on PayPal, the payment if to, for the donation would be to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. So those are two kind of um, just ways that we're taking donations through Venmo, PayPal, the Chicago Audible on Venmo and chicagoaudible.com on PayPal. Yep, and or just paypal.me slash Chicago Audible will take you there as well. And don't forget, uh, we love to give back too. We're only Nick Foles. That's right, nine reviews away on Apple Podcasts are reaching 600. And once we reach our goal, we will be giving away a free Bears jersey to one lucky listener. Now, we'll be back next week with another installment of Countdown to Camp as we're going to discuss the Bears' current situation at safety. Can Eddie Jackson become the turnover machine that we saw in 2018? How does Deshaun Gibson impact the defense, and is he truly an upgrade over HaHa Clinton Dix? How much should you trust Deion Bush to play some safety if needed as well? Now, we'll go ahead and answer all of those questions, and you better believe a whole lot more next time on the Chicago Audible. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.